Welcome to How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where we fill in the gaps in each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like, whoa, 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 you've never seen Citizen Kane? Or... Wait, you still haven't seen Paddington? Or... How have you not seen Spring Breakers? Welcome back, everyone, to another week, and dare I say it, a special episode of How Have You Not Seen? I am your co-host, Carson Betts. And I am your other co-host, who's very confused about why this is a special episode, Caroline Thompson. You'll find out, Caroline. Uh, welcome to How Have You Not Seen? A movie, pod movie podcast where we pick one of our favorite movies that the other person hasn't seen. We talk about it. And then we go and watch the movie. And then we talk about it some more. Spring break. Spring break. Spring break. Spring break. Wait, 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 ready? Wait, 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 one sec, one sec. Let's see if the mic picks us up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a beer. <laughs> did you just crack a beer? <laughs> I did. I did. I just cracked a beer. Because uh, this is the beginning of a, a little series that we're going to be doing on Have You Not Seen. It's uh, our back to school series. We're going back it to sure school. Is. And you know what the best way to go back to school is? By not going to school at all. By going <laughs> to school break. Well, that's pretty good. All right. So here's the question. Oh, oh and before we go any further, I'd just like to uh, acknowledge and thank our, our wonderful intrepid producer, Corey. Are you there, Corey? Say hi. Hi, everyone. Thanks, Carson. Hello. You're very welcome. I think it's just, uh, let, let's, I'm gonna, you know, I'm just going to say it. This is a weird movie. I'm in a weird mood today. I've had a weird day. I'm drinking a beer while we do this. This is going to be a weird one, but I'm so excited for it. So let's get right into it. Uh, Caroline, how have you not seen Spring Breakers? Harmony Crins, Spring Breakers. Um, that is a very good question. And I don't at the moment. So I don't have an encapsulating, like, this is why I've never seen it. Long story short, it came out my freshman year of college. Yes, I'm dating myself. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I it was one of those movies that, like, it, it kind of, like, it wasn't a huge, if I remember correctly, there wasn't, like, a huge to-do about it before it came out. Um, it was one of those things where it was kind of, like, I don't know if it was at some of the festivals like Sundance or whatever, but it was one of those things where it's like, have you guys heard about that movie with Selena Gomez and James Franco where it's like all the like the young Disney stars are like party animals like on spring break and like James Franco is like, you know, a weird like Miami party guy or whatever. And I mean, I don't know. It's coming out this week and then it came out. And everyone's like, it's good. And then it went away. Um, yeah. However, so I don't have like a good story about about like why I haven't seen it overall. But I do have a story about one time when I lied and I said I was going to see this movie and oh. I really didn't. Oh, please, please tell me so, the story. That's weird. So it seems, it, seems, it seems so quaint now, but like I just always remember that Spring Breakers, um, and every time anybody asks me if I've seen it, I just always tell the story. Um, 
it came out, I was 19. And mm. so I, um, when this movie came out, I was like, I didn't have any tattoos, which like, it's funny mm -hmm. to think about now because I have like, I think like 13 now, yeah. but, um, I didn't have any tattoos and it was one of those things where I was home for you spring break from college and I was going to go with my sister to, uh, she was going to take me. She's my older sister. She has tons of tattoos. She was going to take me to get my first one. And, you know, um, for, for any of those people out there who are listening, um, when you're like growing up and when you're in high school, a lot of times siblings uh, are kind of at each other's throat and kind of hate each other. And then when you move out and you grow up a little bit, like you become very close. Um, that was definitely like the trajectory I had with my sister. So it was one of those things where I like, when I told my mom, I was like, hey, I'm gonna go over to like my older sister's house and I'm gonna spend all day with her. My mom was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, there's, like there's no way. So we're just like, oh, we're just gonna go to the movies. Like it's no big deal. Like we're gonna go get lunch and then go to the movies. So like, I'll just be back at like 10 o'clock tonight. And she was like, what are you going to see? And I was like, spring breakers. And she was like, what? she's like, what is that? I'm like, it's a movie about spring break. And she was like, okay. And then like three weeks later, my mom found out that I got a tattoo, but it got me out of the house. That is fantastic. That is an utterly, what a demented film choice, a lie <laughs> to say, no, I'm not doing anything like illicit or bad. I'm just going to see spring breakers. Well, I don't know. It was just, it was like the big, like, teen movie yeah. at the time. And since oh, I was 19, I was still a teen, so I could go see it. That's, that's very true. I will say, I, I would have been, I'm a little younger than you, so I would have been a little younger than that at the time. But I, I, I'm very glad that I did not see this movie at that age. Because I'll tell you what, I would not have appreciated it. I would have, I think, been uh, scared by it. I still kind of am, but I think I would have, uh, ruined by it um so let's move forward you already kind of alluded to some things what do you know about spring breakers um so like i said i kind of hit on like the bullet point of like what the plot is kind of like the the elevator pitch of like so the only two cast members i know 100 for sure are selena gomez and james franco and like james franco is in this category because he's like you know he's like the adult who's like the the, the main weird party guy. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know, is he like, like a DJ or like... I'll let you find that out for yourself. Well, he's, yeah. But anyway, I know that like <laughs> the core group of girls, if I remember correctly, like the core group of who, the the eponymous spring breakers, if you will, um, yes. I believe are like all former like Nickelodeon or Disney stars, kind of like, kind of like, like cresting out of like their teenage years into like their early adult careers and yeah I think... it... sorry go on well i was just gonna say i believe the i know that the main one is selena gomez um is is one of them ariana grande no she would have been she would have been even a little bit too young at the time I believe. okay you're thinking okay. of so the other okay. the other very famous one because it's three and we're, we're going to talk about this at at length in the back half of this movie, because this is, I don't want to say stunt casting, that kind of diminishes it, but this is casting in which 
the meta text of the casting is very important, I think, for the sort of um, the, the semiotics of the movie, how it end, ends up playing out. Uh, but I think you're thinking of Vanessa Hudgens. Yes. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing is it's like, like, I mean, obviously I was like, I was like prime age for like High School Musical 1. Um, yeah. When that came out, I was like the target age, but like it was one of those things where it's like with Selena Gomez, like I was an edgy teen, you know, I was like an emo kid. Like by the time I turned 13, I was too cool for everything, um, like anything on Disney or whatever. Cause especially too, like I had an older sister. So I was always mm -hmm. like, you know, being, being the younger, um, being the younger of the two kids, I was the one who was very much like, oh, I'm seven. That means that I don't like kid stuff anymore. And it's like, oh, I'm 13. Like I don't even like, tween stuff anymore like i am a goddamn adult and then like i turn 18 and i'm like god like isn't paddington cool yeah. but um, chemical romance now oh i oh you know me i've i've been oh, yeah. an mcr stan since since yes i mean that's a very actually a very good point i uh as demented as it is i started listening to my chemical romance when i was in the fourth grade explains a lot but that's neither here nor there <laughs> um so it's one of those things where it's like Vanessa Hudgens is one where like I was kind of like at that age for like her breakout but yeah. even Selena Gomez like Wizards of Waverly Place that was like when I was in like middle and early high school like middle school early high school so I, I think the other like the rest of the castmates were just like I mean they were the same age that I was really so it's one of those things where it was like I didn't grow up with them so it wasn't one of those shocking things for me at the time of like oh my god like these like teen stars are in this movie it was just kind of like oh yeah like that that actor who is now 20 is in an adult movie because she is now 20 21 yeah. whatever so um yeah I don't know who the other who the other main actors are in it but I'm what? sure that they're all folks I'll recognize yeah we're we're gonna we're going to talk about the casting I, again. Like I said, I think we're going to talk about the, that casting at length in the back half because I do think that it is important both to the the sort of story surrounding the movie and also just what the movie is actually like getting at. Um, but great, is there anything else you know about Spring Breakers? Anything that comes to the top of your head? All I know is it's one of those movies that like, especially in like the kind of like online, like hashtag film Twitter TM, like yeah. landscape. It's one of those movies that seems pretty polarizing. Like I know a lot of people are like, this movie is actually like a fucking masterpiece. Yes. And other people are like, that is the dumbest fucking movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, I don't know why people like it. And I, I don't really know any folks that I follow who are kind of in the camp of like, Oh yeah, like I saw it. Like that's good. Yeah, Carolina, I'll put I'll put my cards on the table right now. I think I I say this all the time and get weird flack. I think this movie is a fucking masterpiece. I think it's great. I it is also maybe the movie that I in terms of the difference between level of what at least in my mind objective artistic quality and also <laughs> I would not blame anyone or think that they have bad taste for not liking this movie it is gotcha it gotcha is, like i think that it is absolute like it is completely a complete possibility that on the other side of the break we're going to be talking about this movie from two totally different angles and i am so absolutely pumped for that because it would be very interesting no definitely i mean like over the over the years that we've known each other it's one of those things where i would say 
I would say our Venn diagram of like what we like, yeah. I wouldn't say we have like, like 70% is shared, Yeah. but that like 30%, like the 30% of movies that I like that you don't. And the 30% of movies you like that I don't are like very, very strange. Yeah. Like weird. So I'm very, yeah. I'm, I'm very interested to see how, how this one shakes out. Yeah. I, I think this thing's a, a goddamn trash masterpiece. It's fantastic. <laughs> Well, if there's nothing else that you know about Spring Breakers off the top of your head, I think that it is time to move on to our game for the week. Woo! Woo who? Now, if any of you listened to last week, you're going to be familiar with this game. And usually we like to, you know, switch up the games a little bit, but sometimes we record some of these, you know, out of order and we don't always tell each other what game we're doing. And so we plan the same game two weeks in a row. That happens sometimes, you know, that's, that's just what it is. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so we're going to be playing Untitled Letterbox Game. Now, for Yay. those of you that do not have the the home version of Untitled Letterbox Game and therefore have not played it yourself, I'm just going to briefly describe it here. Uh, Letterbox is a social media app in which people uh, go on, create an account, and rate and review movies. I have gone on to Letterboxd, and I have found three, either one or half-star ratings and reviews for three different movies one of those movies is spring breakers caroline's gonna have to guess which one is spring breakers based solely upon the written review and then for bonus points if you want you can guess what the other two movies are too hell yeah hell yeah caroline are you ready um i have two quick things okay before we begin Let's go. one one letterboxed sponsor us too <laughs> um this is maybe the most midwest thing i will ever ask but do bonus points in this work like cornhole where like since you got a like if you get a if i get a bonus point this week and you get a bonus point next week do we each have one or do we have zero is it a zero-sum game Ooh, ooh, we gotta think about that we can, we can, we can, uh, we can let producer Corey decide off yeah. mic. We'll plead our cases. Yeah. yeah. You know what? If we ever decide to actually title this game, I think that's going to be something that we have to figure out. But as for now, it's, it's, it's jazz, baby. It's loosey goosey. Uh, so are you ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. All right. Review number one. I'll, I'll tell you also, uh, this was reviewed March 31st, 2021. So this is very recent. Uh, half star. Quarantine watch. Mm-hmm. Half star. The guy who directed this is the horniest mf -er on the earth, and then two skull emojis. <laughs> okay. Okay. Review number two. Also half star. If I catch James Franco, he's getting hands. James, come to my block and see me, you coward. <laughs> okay. Support that. James Franco's bad man. Beat him up. And then review number three. Super weird movie. It was supposed to be funny. Only good thing is that there were girls in bikinis, but it still didn't deserve a one star, even with the cleavage. <laughs> oh my god. Um, okay, so first one is... Could you repeat the first one for me? Because I know yeah. number two is James Franco's gonna catch hands. Yeah. Number two is only a half star for the cleavage. But yeah. what, was the, um, what was the first, first, first one? <laughs> is the guy who directed this is the horniest MFR on the earth and then two skull emojis. Okay. Oh my God. So I'm going to take a swing. Okay. I'm going to say 
I'm going to say that I'm going to say that number two is not Spring Breakers because James Franco is too big of a hint. I'm going to assume this is another James Franco movie, probably one in which he plays a villain, potentially one directed by a Mr. Sam Raimi. And I'm trying to decide if it's Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man 3, but um, I'll put a pin in that. The horniest motherfucker in the world. Oof. I'm going to go ahead and say review number three is Spring Breakers. And I'm going to say that, oh God, I bet. I bet review number one is like for a movie that is like on paper, very not horny, but like when you kind of watch it, you're like, what the fuck is going on? This movie is like, this movie's very horny. Interesting. I, Interesting. I, Are you going to lock in that? I, am I, I'm going to lock in the third one is spring breakers. Am I even uh, close? I will, I will tell you, you are correct. The third one is spring breakers. Do you want to take any wild guesses on the other two? Or not so wild. Educated guesses, I should say. I'm going to say number two is Spider-Man 3. And who's like a weirdly horny guy? Um, Joel Schumacher's weirdly horny. I don't know. Is it like Batman and Robin? Ooh, good guesses. Good guesses. But no. Number one. The horniest motherfucker. I actually don't know who directed this. Uh, is the uh, 2017 movie Baywatch. With Barack, <laughs> Zach Efron, Alexander Diodario, and uh, and number two is the Disaster Artist. Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! I was gonna guess the Disaster yeah. Artist. I'm so mad I didn't oh, say it. Oh, oh. Sorry, Corey. Sorry. Well, Corey gets a bonus See, point this week. I was thinking. I almost said the Disaster Artist for number one because i'm like because it, it's like it's like we're focusing on the director maybe it's the james franco directed movie but i'm like but that movie's not particularly horny the movie's actually pretty not horny yeah it's if you re honestly if you read the book uh the book's way hornier than the movie it's kind of one of my problems with the movie <laughs> not horny enough well fantastic but that game completed i think it's about time that we go in uh we go in spring break I, I think it is. Um, so we are going to go take our little spring break. And when we come right. back from our spring break, we are going to have watched Spring Breakers. <laughs> See you guys next time. See ya. Spring break. Spring break. <laughs> spring break. Caroline, how do you feel? I've got like five pages of notes, all of which like, because I was, I was taking notes as we were going, trying to just document my time, you know, yeah. much like, much like a trip, much like a, yeah. much like a trip, you know, will fade into, um, mm. just fade into memory and ephemera by the, like, bef you know, before you know it. I um, was taking pretty diligent notes, and now I'm looking back at the beginning of my notes. I'm like, no, that like that that didn't end up paying off. Like that was wrong. Like this is not a good idea. Like this is not where this movie's going. So, ah, oh, God, I don't know. Um, 
yeah, let's 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 talk a little bit about this. Um, okay, okay. I guess I guess we'll just start. Um, this is this was not at all what I was expecting. <laughs> not at all. In no, the no, it never bit is. What I was expecting. Not even, not even in the same ballpark. I don't even think this is in the same zip code. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess we can just start here. I really thought this was going to be like a raunchy teen teen comedy. Like I kind of thought this was going to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I really thought that this was going to be, you know, like a a super bad or a or a girls trip or a you know just like a goofy, like comedy about like a bunch a bunch of friends in over their head. that's like raunchy and silly and you know of course probably gets into like some some dark weird territory at some point but did not expect this what i did get i don't yeah i I still haven't really made heads or tails of it um but yeah i i think i liked it I think <laughs> like that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I was telling, I was, I was talking with, uh, with our, our wonderful producer, Corey, before we started, um, that I was kind of going through letterbox reviews last night. And every time somebody was like, every time somebody was like, Oh yeah, this is like a super deep mm-hmm. like movie. And this is the message behind it. And like, this is like really what, um, what Corin's getting at. I was like, no, you're wrong. You're an idiot. Shut the fuck up. And every time somebody was like, this movie is, this movie is like a worthless excuse to just see like titties yeah. and beer. I'm like, no, you're an idiot. Shut the fuck up. Like, like, you know what I mean? I feel like, I feel like, and maybe that's part of it. Like, maybe that is part of what yeah, yeah, they are yeah. going for with this. But I feel like when you try to pin it down, you're kind of always going to be wrong. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it, it is. I mean, and, and Harmi Corinne says it very specifically. And I don't know if you knew that when you referenced this, but it's it's a he wanted it to feel like a drug trip, like it's a drug trip movie. We've talked about this before. I think specifically we've like I brought this up when we did our um, uh, uh, our um, oh god, I, my brain just had a fart. Um, when we did our Spirited Away episode last season, I brought up the kind of apocalypse statement yes. of like yes. all great movies are either puzzles or dreams and spring spring breakers is a dream there's you you can't figure it out i think like it to my mind the genius of it is that it has i think it has themes and it has statements and it has things that it is trying to say but to look at the film and say that it fully even encapsulates any one of those things purely is it's a confounding exercise and it's a perfect purposely confounding exercise um so can we let's let's yeah of course let's start at the beginning (laughs) because i want to hear your kind of initial emotional reactions to the the very beginning of the movie so because the beginning of this movie starts for those who don't know, and if you don't, don't yeah, if you listen to us talk about really, this movie like because if, we're not going to do it justice. Go fucking are, for, watch it. If you are a beautiful human but the movie being begins, listening to this yeah. and has not yet watched the movie, please pause it because I do not want you to be um, primed by our takes. 
No, no. The movie begins with a a just immediate blaring dubstep over a green and orange like color graded uh, footage of a very raucous series of spring break parties in Florida. These are not people. It's none of the characters that we're going to follow for the rest of the movie. It is just you could almost call it B-roll. Um, it is shot like <laughs> it's shot like fucking a massacre scene in a Russian war movie. Like it's it is it is it assaults every single one of your senses. About I don't know if you tell me if you had this experience, but I've seen this movie twice now. Both times I've watched it. About five seconds into watching that, I am both simultaneously so enwrapped that there's no way that I could possibly stop watching it, and also like, ow, 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 my eyes hurt. Yeah, my I ears mean, it's hurt. definitely like, oh my god, my it's I, definitely I have a an extremely. Like, I mean, it, it's it's yeah. an intense um, opening for sure. It definitely feels like. I mean, it feels like, you know, the most gratuitous scenes or like the most gratuitous snippets from any music video in which like, you know, the artists are trying to show you like just how fucking cool they are. Doesn't matter if it's like, you know, like, you know, in 80s, like hairband video where they're like, look at these hot girls like that all hang out with us. Or if it's like a 2000s hip hop video where it's just like, you know, like people, people dancing and popping bottles. It's everything. So watching this movie, just even just the opening, you go back and forth several times between like, between like, you know, it starts off and you're seeing people dancing and you're like, oh, that's fun. And you kind of, you know, it, it gets, it, it, it hangs out there too long and they're doing too crazy of things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's, there's the shot of like the four men just pouring beer on a naked woman's chest. Um, and, and it's like, you know, it gets to that point yeah. and you're just like, okay, this is like clearly like, this is not supposed to be like an indication of what Spring Break is actually like. It is like a kind of a fever dreamy version of it. Um, but then it just, it just keeps going and you're just like, you know, I, the note that I wrote like during that opening is like, oh, I'm just waiting to do a good smash cut to like, like 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 our character's boring life you know what i mean and like like for comedic effect um to 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 show that like this is where they want to be and this is what they've concocted in their heads and this is like what the what they're what they are thinking about when they're planning spring break but it's not actually like this and i kind of thought that's where we were gonna go is you know we get to their normal boring lives and then when they get down there, they're disappointed because they had that crazy, absurd version. But no, they get down there and that's what they get. <clears throat> like. No, it's exactly that. No, it, yeah, it's 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 not. It, they live in the fever dream. Like they're. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's meant to be taken literally so, in the diegesis of the film. Yeah. That is what Spring um, Break is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so, so that's the opening, and then it cuts to um, it cuts to them in class, and it's a very boring. Um, it's a very boring like class. It's very. It's very kind of like I don't want to say serene, 
the way they depict the college, but it's very like peaceful and calm, you know, and it's just, it is just good students like studying, paying attention, like they're getting a little bored, it's, but like it doesn't, it, it loses the fever dream quality quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It it turns into all you know like cool cool colors and like light tones and it's it's a lot darker and I think I mean again I don't know I'm not going to say that this is everybody's experience but in watching that transition to me it's always like I can finally breathe I can kind of there's this moment of exhale I'm like oh oh this is nice oh man it's like put it's like you have a headache and then you put a cool ice pack on it. Just there's a, a a moment where you can just kind of breathe out and sigh and like Which when is your shoulders maybe the last down, moment it's, of it's calm very nice. Like I, um, I love that transition. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The the last there is I well could, oh, I would argue that there is one moment of like perfect serenity later on in the film. Which we can talk about now if you'd uh, like, but I, I feel like we. We'll I don't know. Is it the is it the it. Britney Spears montage when they're Do all? Do you know what I'm talking in? about? <laughs> which is wild. Yes. Which is wild. Um, yes. Yeah, it's, and so I mean, I oh, guess it is ace. I, I, I feel like much like much like the movie it's, hops back and back and forth in time, and specifically has a very 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 hazy timeline. Um, like very specifically a thing that i wrote down is as a collection yeah. of moments there are several that i really like and there are several that i'm like okay i'm really like what this put what this movie is putting down overall i'm still finding it hard to to get a handle on this movie as a whole and i kind of feel like every time the movie has a new like plot point not a new like montage or a new like you know a new you know aesthetic choice so to speak like every time the characters go to a place and go hey we are here at this place to do this thing every time I go okay I'm into this and then wherever it goes from there I'm kind of like no not into this anymore Mm -hmm. like where is this going this isn't where i was expecting you to go like this is not what i wanted i want to see that other thing and then eventually like five minutes later i i get that feeling again um yeah i don't know it is i'm still very much grappling with it i mean i don't know if this is particularly interesting podcasting because it's it's not something that i i i have a handle on on um yeah (laughs) this was both my absolute fear and my like greatest hope for this episode was like oh this film is going to uh annihilate any sort of like reason like faculty for reasoning which you have (laughs) right which is i think yeah both but also yeah they're very boring but serene life in the dorms and like back at college and they they do the whole like we don't have enough money for spring break like blah 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 blah. and like it's one of those moments where this is kind of the first time the movie is like like we aren't giving you a timeline because it's like they're already 
gone. Like everybody else is already gone for spring break and they're the only ones left. And it feels like they're there for a while, you know, it's like, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like they're there and then they go, oh my God, everyone's gone. We should go too. It's like, they are there so long that they get fucking like bored of it. Um, Which like, of course you're going to be bored even after just like, you know, one or two days of that but still it is like really Mm -hmm. harping on like the boredom and the solitude of it all and so they um so you know they do the whole thing it's like it's like professor so-and-so like i know where he keeps his keys so i really thought that it was going to be a conflict of that they don't have any transport to get down there um and so they're gonna ferris bueller the guy and just like take the hot rod you know i mean i guess it's an el camino but that's like i guess a classic car nowadays um, so, you know, I thought it was going to be like, they steal the El Camino, they road trip comedy for the next 15 minutes to get down there. And then, no, they rob a chicken joint. They rob the chicken shack, I believe is what they call it. Um, yeah. <coughs> I, I love that yeah. choice. Um, it was, an, it, it was an insane choice. It was a bizarre choice, but, um, yeah, I, 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 I liked it. Um, I, I loved the shot. I love the shot of it. Um, how it, it, it sits with her in the car as she circles the joint and, um, you see the three different views from the three different windows as she circles. And then by the time she gets around to like the farthest side of the building from where they started, they're running out and hopping back in. Um, very, very fun. Um, and that was kind of the moment when I'm like, okay, this movie is a little bit like darker than I thought it was going to be. Because I was like, I was like, that's kind of comedic. Like the way they do it is a little bit comedic, especially because she yeah, has, like, which... you know, a, a a rubber mallet, um, and and also, I mean, this mm-hmm. is the thing that I thought in the moment because I was kind of not, I was not yet expecting the surreal nature of the entire movie, but she says that they rob. <clears throat> sorry, um. She says that they rob the place with squirt guns. And I know that they have the the like the the liquor squirt gun that they keep using, right? Um, but those were not squirt guns. Those were not squirt mm-hmm. guns. Yeah, that they were they? Okay. I was gonna say those were like real guns. No. <laughs> well, I think I think that I don't know it's something I kind of thought of too, is I don't know if it is you're meant to assume that it's a gun that and okay and this maybe gets into what i i think if i if if me carson if i think there's one thing this movie is about uh which is that the squirt gun as you see it they kind of I, i believe that they mentioned like oh yeah we can kind of paint them we can make them look a bit more real uh but they do at least the i don't know if there's a moment which you can kind of tell that they're plastic but they do look pretty real and Given that this movie is, uh, to me, I think that this movie, and you right. know, we don't have to talk about this extensively right now, but I do, would you like it to digest, which is to me that this movie is, it's about image and it's about projecting something onto something that it's not. It is about the hollowness of image. Um, I think that that is the theme which most fully works its way through the entire film and, and connects to the most other plot points and character details. Uh, but yeah, but, but then important to that because in, we then have, we see that scene two more times. We see them robbing the chicken shack from multiple perspectives. And it takes on a new, deeper, 
ultimately right, more right, sinister right. tone every time we see it. Um, because initially we're able to kind of believe that it's right. And the film never quite goes all the way with this, but that it's like, Oh, this is sort of trashy exploitation. But then by the last time we're seeing it, it is from the perspective of the people that they're robbing. And it's, it's fucking scary. It's like these, these girls are really terrorizing. Them. It is. Yeah. Um, it's straight up horror. Right. And it's, it, it isn't the, oh my gosh, like we're, we're having such a good time. Like, aren't we so crazy that we like, you know, that like we needed some money. So we like went and just like robbed a store. Ha ha ha. It, it, no, it, it very much. Let's is. be bad. Let's be bad. Kind of where I lose the thread a little bit is because, and correct me if I'm wrong. Sure. So we know Selena Gomez's character is named Faith, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We know that. Very blunt. And when you look up, when you look up the roles on like IMDb, when you look up the cast, they have names, but they're the, the other three, their names are never mentioned in the movie. Right, like they're never said in dialogue, are they? Very. I really I think don't remember it ever maybe happening. once or twice, but they're not important. It really doesn't matter. Her her name is the one that gets right. spoken the most. They talk, especially when she leaves. They talk about when Faith left. That's why Faith left. You know. Right. No. Exactly. And so it's one of those things where one of the reasons that I have such a difficult time kind of putting my finger down on this movie is that the girls aren't characters. Like they really aren't. Um, Because they're really, they're really just like, I mean, we, none of them change really throughout the course of it. None of them really, we don't really know what's driving them other than what we can imply coming in, which is, you know, like this, the the seductive quality of spring break if you will like the the popular narrative of oh like it's a bit of a rite of passage to go to spring break mm-hmm. and and like go and party and be insane and we kind of we can we can bring that in with us because we know what the movie's about and like it opens with that montage but other than them just saying like we want to go to spring break like we're never given a why we're never given like a like what it means to them other than what we kind of like project onto it and the two girls who leave do so because i mean one selena gomez faith leaves because of how she started the movie Mm -hmm. and um and then the second girl leaves after she gets shot. She gets um, shot, yeah. And like has that, you know, and has that has that like illusion kind of broken for her. So we don't really, we don't really ever see them. Like, we we don't really ever see them change. The whole thing is spring break forever, and that they are okay at least performing or acting out violence. And like we're told in the beginning that like it was just an act, it wasn't real. Um, and as we go on, that line kind of blurs a little bit. But um, it's the it's the video game. Just treat it like a video game. That's a very important line, I think. Exactly. Yeah, and so it's one of those things where we know that Selena Gomez is the Jesus one. Um, she goes home halfway through the movie. The other characters don't seem phased. And then the, 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 the second girl goes home just because she gets shot, which like is a good reason to go home. (laughs) But it's like, she has, you know, it's kind of that thing of like the, the image is broken for her, which makes sense. And the other two girls are unfazed. So it's kind of hard to track a lot of, for me, like, 
you know, it kind of it kind of feels like the implication there is just like if you are hollow enough on the inside to value going on spring break, you are you are already hollow enough on the inside to go, you know, uh, get involved with with like, you know, street criminals and go shoot up a bunch of people. Like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. we don't ever see like, a, a, a change happen, which is which is I don't know. It's a it's messy. It's messy. It, it, yeah. It, I, I always think that, um, I do think that there's a reading of this film that is like weirdly moralistic because I think despite the fact that the right. film portrays, especially like the, you know, the, the, the Christian circle of, of Jesus is like very, uh, very lame, you know, compared to, you know, uh, Faith's cool friends that she likes to hang out with. I think ultimately the film portrays like i said you know the college is sort of a cool bath after being out in the hot sun and the you know the christian groups like you, you understand why faith prefers that to what's going on around her and also just the fact that they do go down this slippery slope they descend into into madness and violence like it, one thing leads to another very uh, very directly um but i don't know i don't know that the film quite ever goes all the way through with that particular messaging either i, I right don't know. It's, no, it's, exactly. it's 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 weird to me and i i agree with you that for the most part these women are not characters in the traditional round you know three-dimensional sense um especially not well okay you know let's just let's just get into this let's talk about this because it, it needs needs must be discussed so the four uh the four women who play our 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 uh, quartet of spring breakers in this film are Vanessa Hudgens, uh, Selena Gomez, already discussed, Ashley Benson, mm -hmm. and uh, director, writer, Harmony Corinne's wife, uh, Rachel Corinne. Um, oh, it's his wife? It's his wife, yeah. <laughs> Which is so oh, bizarre. Weird. She's the one that gets shot. Yeah, she's, uh, she plays Cotty. Um, so this movie came out, and, and there is a vestige of this. I think we, we discussed a little bit in the first half. There's certainly anybody watching this movie now, there is a vestige of this. But at the time, in 2012, the casting of these four women was very pointed and very specific. Because Vanessa Hudgens, Selena Gomez were Disney Channel girls, most recently. Like, within, had, had stopped being on Disney Channel within, I think, about a year and a half uh, before this movie released. Ashley Benson was best known for being on Pretty Little Liars on ABC. I believe is correct. Yeah, Pretty Little Liars. On ABC Family. On ABC Family. Yeah, exactly. Now known as Freeform. Also now a known Disney as company. Freeform. Free, Freeform, that it must true. need to be said. It is the freest of that forms. And you cannot swear. Uh, and the casting was very specific because not only do the, I mean, just in terms of their type, these are four very small, petite, like, you, you know, do not seem as though it, it is, there is something very um, jarring about the image of like four small petite uh, young women robbing people and shooting them with guns because it's, it's just kind of inherently at odds in your brain. In particular, the fact that they are casting three of these four win women were known for working on, on various of the channels Disney, I will say, uh, in family friendly kids content. And they are now being plunged into this world of, of adult depravity. Um, and at the time, movie caught a lot of heat for that, that in specific. I think that was partially due to the fact that 
I don't know a way that you can advertise this film that actually properly encapsulates what the hell it is. But, you know, the media surrounding it, even if you just look the film up, it's posters don't really capture what this thing is going for. It looks like just the trashy B-exploitation film that, you know, Caroline, you kind of said that you expected it to be at the beginning. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, yes, I get all of that. And I, I, I understand the, you know, I mean, that's something we talked about uh, up top of the episode is Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah. And it was like so crazy at the time because they got these like Disney channel stars to like be in this like a crazy movie. And it's like, it doesn't really feel like there's, it, it doesn't feel like there's much of a, like of a, of a commentary on that other than just like, wouldn't it be shocking or like, isn't it shocking to see like these people that you do envision as like so innocent you know what i mean um like these these people that you conceptualize as so innocent going like so far like down into like this dark rabbit hole that it's kind of like but because the film doesn't really there's not a moment where anything changes for them you know what i mean so it's kind of like it's kind of like yeah i guess it's a little shocking but they don't start the film other than Selena Gomez, but again, she's the one who leads before anything remains, gets too yeah, crazy. Yeah. Like, like they start the film as kind of like blank slates that we know, okay, she's into Jesus. She's like kind of like the most Puritan one there. And then yes. these other three are like, okay, enacting crazy violence. And so then they go through the movie and like those those two things continue to track. Yes. You know what I mean? those things continue to trend through the entire movie so it 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 doesn't necessarily feel like there is a deeper commentary going on other than the shock value because you know it doesn't i don't know like it, it's just kind of like oh and then in this movie vanessa hudgens plays a um plays like a you know you know, a young girl or like a young woman who uh, wears bikinis and murders a bunch of people. I was like, okay, that's a movie that I would see, but it's like, but it's like, but we cast Vanessa Hudgens, so it will be shocking. Yes. It's like, okay, I guess back then it probably was, but also like, I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm so far removed, but it's also just like, you know, like that's acting, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. know, like, <laughs> like so many, like so many folks like start. I mean, you know, like so many folks start like acting young in kind of like innocent roles and then go on to, you know, do whatever. Um, so I don't know, like it, it doesn't feel like they are working with anything in terms of like, this is the, like kind of the, the idea, the conceit, the, the the meat behind casting Disney Channel stars, other than in 2012, it was probably pretty shocking. But one of them goes home. Like one of them, I don't know. Can I can I jump in for a second? Yeah, go for it. Yes, please do. So, please do, producer Corey. So for me, a lot of this movie is about sort of the romantic. Oh God, romanticizing life and romanticizing Spring Break, and then when they get down there and it all takes a shitty turn. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Selena, you know, Faith leaves because it's not continuing to be the romanticized version of reality. And, you know, even while things are starting to sort of go downhill, we constantly are hearing the voicemails home. Hey, Mm mom, you know, this is the best time ever. We've met people who uh, are nothing like us and and, and sort of, you know, not to say romanticizing again, but painting this picture of almost like a fucking educational spring break trip and that's just so far from what it is and it feels like you know speaking to this you know casting of disney channel stars it almost works as a meta commentary of like you've romanticized all of these people as children even though yes. they're in their in their 19s in their 20s you know vanessa hudgens i believe semi-famously was one of the first um victims of like an iCloud leak and I think that would have happened before this movie yeah so Mm -hmm. sort of tearing away I I don't know I I agree with you Caroline that I don't know that there's anything it affects in the film but I do think it's a really interesting sort of meta commentary on our society more as a whole yes like I I I do I do agree um and so two things that I want is like, yes, I guess. Yeah. I guess going off of what you, you just said, Corey, like I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And I think you're a hundred percent correct. I think, I guess maybe just because I am a human being who like, like, I guess because I am a person who, already looks at actors and goes oh those are real human beings like yeah Yeah. those are those are real people um and you know i i mean all of all of the the four main characters in this movie are a few years older than me um in real life like so so now looking back like they are all younger in this film than i am today but when um when this movie came out i was like oh yeah those are like those are uh, not adult TV stars, but they are all older than me. And like now looking back, I'm just like, well, of course, like these young women are going to grow up in to be, to be human beings, both as, as actors who can evolve in their career. And, um, I don't know. I've never been much of a Disney. I've never been much of a Disney adult. So like, I guess, yeah. I guess maybe <laughs> that I have that working against, um, you know, because I'm just like, I'm just like, oh, that person got their start on Disney. Cool. Um, Disney is my, my sworn nemesis. So like, <laughs> but um, I, I, I do agree there. And I think one of the things that I did write down towards the end core that you kind of started with is when I was kind of after the movie had wrapped and I like wrote a couple notes. Um, one of the things that I I wrote down and Carson, this kind of hits to what you said towards the top um, is like, it really is just a story about how, you know, um, you know, these, these stories we tell ourselves about these things being transformative and these things 
being about going out and finding ourselves and like doing whatever. Like we are going to say, like people are going to say the same exact thing no matter what the fuck happens. You know, like we already have our pre-written like, well, I'm going to go on a trip and I'm really going to find myself. Like I'm going to find some like inner peace. I'm going to come back like with a new understanding of the world. And it's like, they say that before they leave. They say that while they're, while they're, while they are there. And then they say it like at the end after they've done all this stuff. And, and the story they tell themselves and the story they're telling others never changes. Um, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Like that was kind of like my big thematic take by the, by the end of the movie. If we are going to Carson, kind of like you said, um, yeah. if we are going to try to find any one yeah. bit of a through line, yeah, um, I- which is like kind of a, a, a silly task to try with this movie, but say la vie. Say la vie. So, yeah, to respond to that, I think I, I got I got two things to say, and I'll try and say them with some sort of efficiency. Um, but one, Caroline, I think that I think that your your criticism that these four women are essentially blank slates is is to some degree very well merited uh, because it is essentially a film with four female leads. But you know, Harmony Harmony Crin's writing is such that the most psychologically well realized character is still the man. Um, I, I I frankly, I mean, I think. I think right, fucking Gucci Mane is more like his character has more psychological depth than a lot of the, the four female leads. But also I think it speaks um, something both to Corey's point that this film is about metatextually pulling apart the images, the image of what these women's faces mean just as, because they are not, we understand them as a culture, not as human individuals, but as a symbol, which rep, rep which represents uh, Disney, a company, which is a brand that represents you know, family-friendly values and being pure of heart and, uh, you know, a whole laundry list of, of values and ethics that they have spent a hundred years trying to project out into the culture as being, you know, intensely and particularly, uh, you know, tied up in their, in their image. And then two, I think that there is something about this film's both its structure and the way in which it tells its story in a sort of very symbolic and semiotic, that's apparent, that's, that's redundant rather, but you know, a sort of a primarily in a semiotic fashion, not through plot, but through image, uh, which is that I think that this right. story's structure is actually very mythic. Uh, it is, I, I mean, I think it's sort of a, it, it's sort of taking the hero's journey and like fucking with it a little bit, but ultimately I do think it sticks to that basic, you have, a hero or in this sense maybe you know four heroes at least our four protagonists our main characters and I, I think there's also some degree to which those four individuals sort of all represent the same archetypal ideal um and like a any classic 90s disney renaissance animated movie uh there is a yearning there is something that needs to be gotten out there they currently live in in sort of an idyllic eden but in order to both attain something that they need to then return to that Eden, maybe not in this case to fix it, but in order to kind of find themselves and to to complete their own identity, they need to leave that place, go out somewhere, go through a set of challenges and tasks, and then as the hero's journey finishes up, uh, return back to their home changed. Um, And this movie does that exactly, but it turns it on its head because it, as you said, Caroline deconstructs the idea of the assumption that spring break is going to 
complete us, that there is something out there in the culture that, you know, the mass media culture is, is, is saying is going to make us whole and complete our identities. But when we go out there and actually find it, the only thing that you're going to find is, is destruction. And the characters either leave, they don't complete the journey, they don't, you know, finish all of fucking the Herculean tasks, or the two characters that do eventually return home at the end of the movie, return home changed for the worse. They are ultimately destroyed by what culture has put upon them. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that it, um, one of my, <laughs> one of my least favorite, but also most favorite, but also like I always roll my eyes and I also go, okay, I better take note of this. Yeah. If ever there is a scene in a school lecture, um, <laughs> because <laughs> like whatever the teacher is fucking talking about is always like mm -hmm. thematically relevant you know like they're oh, always yeah. just like and in kafka's metamorphosis like oh, you know lines <laughs> in this movie yeah yeah or um whatever in in this one the the lecture is talking about america's history with sending people off to war and mm -hmm. when they come home telling them they've you know both both them because they they have been changed but like you know um telling them that they've gone out and completed some incredible um feat they are now more whole more realized more actualized more like of a hero um and they talk about it with both like the reconstruction um after the civil war and um in the uh and in, in, in post-world war ii but then also the flip side of that being like the psychological like that's the lecture that's happening um while they are in that first lecture hall that they are kind of ignoring yep. and um yeah um and how it's just how it's this transformative experience and i'm just kind of like okay like i see what you're doing here movie um uh, <laughs> And so, yeah, I mean, I think that you're right. I think that you're right um, in that it is that idea of we tell ourselves that, like, these experiences actually, like, change just for the better. And that's always going to be the narrative from from the jump, you know? Like, there, that's always going to be what we tell ourselves no matter what happens while we're down there. I mean, you see it when Selena Gomez is, like, talking to, I think, her grandmother on the phone before they even go on the trip. She's just like, well, I wanted to, like, do this, and I yeah. wanted to do that. And then as they're there, they repeat the same things. They repeat the same things. And then at the end, in the in the montage of them just going through and mowing down Gucci Mane's, um, <laughs> uh, like, you know, whatever you want to call them, his guards. His or compounds whatever, like his full of, yeah, of, of, like, armed goons, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's the same thing. Um, it's that same story. And it's just that, like, you know, it's the story that's, like, pervasive in, in our culture of, like, if you want to find yourself, you can go out here and do this thing. Um, yeah. And... and, and it, it kind of it, it it underscores the movie with it in that beginning and so i'm kind of like okay i see i see where we're going with this i see where we're going with this um it's hard for me to really decide whether i like it and whether or not i find it is very fulfilling because because like we said these characters are blank slates and so few things happen 
like where they make decisions Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it's kind of hard to be like oh like you know they were corrupted because like at the end of the day like i mean vanessa hudgens you can make the argument that she was a fucking sociopath from the beginning you know what i mean like she's like real quick she's so fucking good in this movie she's really fucking good in this movie she's really good i don't like vanessa hudgens i've seen other stuff she's in I, I maybe Hollywood just completely missed the boat on Vanessa Hudgens needs to be a very particular type of character. But she's she's phenomenal goodness. in this movie. Okay, I need you two to sell me on she's good in this because I feel like they give her like very nothing to do, and I feel like I feel like it. I mean, it's better than this, but it. I mean, it feels like porn acting. Like it feels like you know all she's doing is sitting there being like. Yeah, like this is so good. Like I like she's not doing anything. <laughs> Sell me that she's good because I don't agree. I don't disagree, but I don't. Sure. I don't. I don't get. Oh my god, she's so good. She's phenomenal. Like yeah. I, I'm. I'm not on that boat. Okay, Caroline. I think that maybe you, without meaning to, hit upon the main crux for my argument of why she's good. Because I, you know, I don't know. Whatever. Let's leave. Hey, objectivism. Let's fucking leave that at the door. This is about context and subjectivity. In the context of this Fair. film, um, porn acting is fucking exactly what you need to be doing. Uh, <laughs> it is. It is. This movie's kind of about porn. It's kind of about that idea of of an image and a story which stimulates you, but which ultimately isn't real and doesn't love you and does nothing for you. I mean, you were just talking about, this is me talking about Vanessa Hudgens. This is me just justifying why it's the type of movie where her performance works. But something that always strikes me is you were talking about, you know, in the, at the very end where they go through the the compound of of gangsters and and mow them down. And I I always think I just, and it took me a while to figure out why it affected me like this, but I eventually did, which is that Gucci Mane is, sitting watching two women like make out like nakedly make out and like touch each other and he's just kind of telling them what to do and i i figured it out in the second viewing is that the reason that that image is kind of so striking and why i think it keeps getting cut to is that there's something very important i think about the fact that he's not really engaging with it he's not taking part in it it's it's almost like he you know say a king in this castle you know a very powerful figure in this um in this underground crime community uh who seems to have everything he wants he's got this you know this beautiful house and he's selling tons of drugs he's got a lot of money a lot of a lot of dudes working for him he's got these two women that he can make do whatever he wants and he's the thing he's making them do is like enact live pornography you know, like, is it, you know, it's kind of because he, like everyone else in this movie is tell is, is more used to just telling himself a story about stimulation and happiness and excitement rather than actually living and engaging with it and living and engaging with it would be, would be messy and difficult. Um, and, you know, in, in, you know, to then go the other side, the two women who are mowing down these people are the ones that are actually engaging in that story, but have been so corrupted by it that they're, you know, their engagement with the world is not good. And I think Vanessa Hudgens, her her porn acting is like totally perfectly keyed in to what the movie needs in that moment. I mean, the scene in which when she's doing the gun in James Franco's mouth, fucking terrifying. So scary. She's so perfectly so tuned. So scary. She's so perfectly tuned <laughs> to that exact action. 
No, I mean, okay. I mean, I I don't I don't disagree with what you're with what either of you are saying. I guess. Yeah. I uh I I think she is I think she is doing exactly what she needs to be doing, and I think she's uh doing exactly what this this film and the script ask of her. I don't think that. But on on by that same token, I do feel like because the script is particularly asking her not to be like a real person. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, it's like she, she, she understands the assignment. She is doing the assignment. She is, she gets an A plus on this assignment, but like this assignment is, uh, this assignment is your, um, you know, this assignment is the, the, the journaling about the chapters you've read. It's not the final exam. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, like yeah, she's sure. getting a 100 on this assignment, but she isn't like, she, she, well, I mean, that, I mean, that's, that's mostly it. It it just is that idea that like, that it's like, yes, she is, she is doing exactly what she needs to be doing. But like, I don't know that she's giving like an incredible, stunning performance because I don't think the movie's asking her to, which is fine. Like, that's fine. Um, I just, I just, I, I, I don't feel the like, oh my God, like what an incredible performance of Vanessa Hudgens in Spring Break. Sure, sure. If I'm going to be totally honest. She's performing this role really well, but she's not going to walk out of this film and go play Ophelia. No. Exactly, exactly. That'd be weird. Which like, is not, which is, which is not like a requirement. I mean, like I, that's fine. Like you don't have to be in like hyper thespian like hard super incredible like a triple a plus art all the time like that's not what i'm saying but it's just like it is and maybe we've just spent maybe we spent a little bit too much time on this but just when i hear both of you go like oh my god she's incredible i'm like she's she's good like she's 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 in the movie hey can i maybe use this to transition into into a kind of uh parallel discussion here are we going to franco well, okay. We don't have to go to Franco. I don't want to like talk about Franco too okay, much. Okay, cool. Just let's like, go. I, I, yeah, let's go well, to your. Let's go to your thing. Hey, disclaimer: James Franco fucking sucks. Bad man. This is also his best performance in anything ever. And that's end of discussion. That's all I want to say. Parallel discussion. And and Caroline, you tell me if you think that this is the case. But I do think that like whether you are a woman or a man is a very important litmus test for how this movie is going to affect you. Because so much about this movie is about deconstructing male gaze. And like the thing, yeah. and, and, oh, sorry, sorry. But like the thing that- No, 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 keep going, keep going. I immediately went to, and then Corey was also like, oh yeah, was like, yeah, when Vanessa Hudgens got on top of James Franco and stuck that, like foully stuck that gun in his mouth and took over like sexual control upon him and like, reasserted like asserted a metaphorical like murder phallus uh into his brain uh it was the scariest thing i've literally ever seen in my entire life and i think that that image that performance hits a straight man in a very different way than it hits a queer woman i mean i got (laughs) i think that's probably valid because like my take on that scene was as soon as that happened, I was like, I was like, I was like, do it, do it, blow his head off, take his stuff, take his money. <laughs> like, 
I really was like, I was like, I was like, okay, so this is where the movie's going. It's like, it's like they are on the giant bed of money. I was like, this is, I was like, this is the next twist. Is like, I was like, this is Franco's the supporting role, who's only in Act Two. They're gonna blow his brains out now and take all of his money and become kingpins themselves. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I was like, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Um, so I think that's fair. And I will say as well that. Um, you know, I will do this sometimes when I'm still kind of grappling with a movie is, you know, I'll go on Letterboxd and just kind of scroll yeah. and just kind of see, like, you know, what hits me, what doesn't. And I, I did see, not that there weren't any women giving this movie four and five stars. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I saw, I did see a lot of men saying, like, wow, what, like, a deep psychological trip mm-hmm. that, like, is is so, like, resonant with everything I've ever known and believed. And I'm just kind of like... You know, like it was like it was like look at this, look at this incredible like dissection of like American culture and like blah blah blah. Yeah, kind of like I'm like okay, like slow your roll there, buddy. Like, yeah. <laughs> like we're not we we're not all writing like we don't all have to write the Criterion notes in our in our letterbox reviews. I I love a very well considered letterbox review because I do find it to be such a kind of a pointless joyless exercise. <laughs> Right. Well, and I mean, it's fun no, because no I mean, insult people write great letterbox like, reviews, but yeah. No, like no, like like whatever movie you want. If you think that this movie taps into your psyche more than any other film you've ever seen, that's fine. Like I'm not here to judge. I am just saying that I do think that it's funny that it's like, you know, Letterboxd is to film criticism what like Instagram is to like being a model. It's just yeah. like when everybody like like when. Like when everybody has like, you give everybody an inch. You're like, you're like, here's a little tool that like you could use, and everybody's just like, and I'm I'm guilty of this too on on Instagram. I'm always posting like, guys, look how hot I am on Instagram. Um, yeah, and it's like the the same thing too with letterboxes. I feel like so many people are like, okay, well I have to have like a, <clears throat> excuse me, um, they're like, well I mean I have to have like a super well thought out, well constructed. 12 paragraph essay um but yeah i mean i i did find that a lot of the people who were finding deep dark psychological truisms in this movie did tend to be men on letterboxd but that's okay like that's okay you can find deep dark psychological truisms in whatever you want like like go for it and and the tension of this conversation yeah yes 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 king (laughs) that's Oh God! It's headed to this conversation. I would just like to quickly plug our letterbox, which is HHYNS Pod. My letterbox, which is Fun Movie Zone. Caroline, what's your letterbox? <laughs> um, it's it's the same thing on all of them. Actually, no, it's not. Um, letterbox because they make you pay. Um, I think I'm at CK Cinema. Yeah. On letterboxed. Um, those are my initials followed by the word cinema, which is what Letterboxd is. That is, it's about movies. That's why mine's fun movie zone because it's, I like to have fun with movies and it's a zone for that. Corey, are you, you're on Letterboxd, right? Mine is just my name. Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, Reagan, R-A-G-A-N. If you want to see a lot of, uh, not great takes on some really excellent movies like my five star rating for Vanessa Hudgens's Star Vehicle, The Princess Switch. Then uh, follow me on Letterboxd. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, 
Corey, the world the world needs people like you on Letterboxd because we need we need people to to balance out Carson and I. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh yeah. I I'm doing my service. Yeah. And we thank um, you for it. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> that's our that's our Letterboxd corner. Letterboxd um, corner. I don't know. One thing, one thing I was thinking, Corey, is um, if you can build us um, some sound that we can play that denotes um, us acknowledging somebody as a terrible person um, <sighs> and is either as either a, a a predator or a horrible yeah. or a horrible person who, for other reasons, must be chided and yes. uh, thrown out of the culture. Because I mean, like the like I have so many notes about Frank, but I'm like I don't want to talk. That's about the I, oh, know. it's so annoying. I thought, yeah, <laughs> it's like because we got another one of those coming up in like three episodes that I am uh, literally I, in. Like I have been thinking, like how the hell am I going to talk about this movie without like uh, whatever? We'll figure it out. This is the you know hey, this is the we'll talk of, off mic. Maybe yeah, maybe we yeah, change the yes. movie. This we is, change the yeah, movie. Yeah. I don't even know which movie it is. This is the burden of anyway. cosmopolitan modernity, and you know what? it's not the worst burden in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's pretty much, yeah. I think that's pretty much all of my takes. I think a smarter person than me and probably not a very white person like me should probably make mention to the fact that like, like middle-class white college girls getting into the scene, uh, via a, a, a white man whose past we don't really know who claims to have grown up around this culture um but like he is their entry point to um going to the actual home of uh of a black man and murdering everybody for um clout slash image i feel yeah. like i feel like there's something i feel like there's probably something important there to to, to mention and it's definitely one of those things, Carson, like you said, like a lot of this plays out via image. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe maybe that's as much, maybe that's all that needs to be said about it. But like, I do think that there's probably something important there. And I feel like that's probably something that's purposeful. But yeah. um, like, I don't necessarily think the uh, the movie is is 100% about that. But uh, a, a note I did write is... Um, just just question mark question mark question mark the gentrification of murder fantasies question mark question mark yeah question yeah mark. i'll say my uh, two two things one of them is 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 quite serious and real the other one is very goofy that that reminds me of is that i do my only like very hard thought on that is i do think that it's important that you get because there are these throughout the film there are these kind of reoccurring like the montage at the beginning there are these reoccurring party montages and you go in fairly quick succession from this like spring break montage, which is very middle-class and very suburban and very white to then after the girls meet alien and they go to, you know, one of his parties to a montage, which is nearly identical in both its construction and its content. The only difference being that it is filled with uh, like, urban black folks who are coded as being a little bit more lower class and the reaction of the girls in the first montage is this is great spring break and the reaction in the second one is i'm scared what's going on here like there's something pretty potent about that i want to go home i I want to go go home home. i want to go home being too serious yeah and and then attended to that something that i that i just reminded me of (laughs) one of my 
my favorite small details about nearly all the party montages is that like they need to go through like every sin and every excess they can and so the party it's like there is nudity and there is sex and there is drinking and there is drugs and there is violence but also there's gambling in every single one like there's always a slight moment of like <laughs> yeah, people yeah. rolling dice in a corner like cards down and i'm like yeah. it's it's both i'm like that's there's something very potent about that and that include the inclusion of that into this montage but also i'm like i've never been to a party where people are gambling <laughs> No, I know. Well, and that's the thing. That's the thing too. That like I, I, I hesitate to um to comment on some of the stuff in the movie because. So the three of us all went to college together. Yes. And um, if either of you object to me talking about this for whatever reason, Corey can cut it out. But yeah. um the three of us were no strangers to going to parties and being awake still drinking at four in the morning yeah (laughs) like we were not strangers to this when we were that age and so it's one of those things where i'm like i'm like i'm like no parties are like that what's going on there but also i'm like oh wait but like we partied with the theater kids like maybe parties yeah yeah (laughs) that's what i was about to say we partied hard the first note i took on this movie is we had very different collegiate experiences Yeah, I mean, like, Carson, we took a spring break trip one year with a bunch of our friends, and it was just, like, we rented a cabin, and we're like, ah, yeah. like, we went hiking, and we, we stayed up until two in the morning drinking, and, like, and, like sitting in a hot tub, and, like... It was just, very just peaceful. Our, like, you know, I think there were, like, there were, like, ten of us there, yeah. and we got rowdy, but, like, yeah, but, I mean, so I, I, I always hesitate, because there's always that caveat of, like, Wait, but we hang, we hung out with like the performing arts majors. I I, I know like, for everybody fact. on that trip was either a theater <laughs> or person or a music yeah. person. We we were not. There <laughs> so. was a class of party that we. Uh, me purposefully, I had I just nothing. I, another reason I think this movie hits me is because the idea of a party like that just kind of uh, the idea <laughs> of it tires me out. And then yeah, I've also just even that like either we were not consciously not like taking part in those parties or we were not invited because we were nerds. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I, I do want to, I do want to track back mm. for just like two seconds. Hell yeah, because, like, for Carson, it. when you were then talking about, um, when you were talking about some of the, um, the montages, I thought we didn't really hit on the Britney Spears montage. No, no and shit. Yeah, let's end, something... end on this. Let's talk about this last. Yeah, let's do it. But like, I, I, I think that there's something to your take um, about the scene with the guns where like the three scenes when I was the most like, yeah, this kind of rules is the scene with the guns, the, the Britney Spears montage when they are just like, when they are just absolutely, um, like when they're just, when they're just, you know, going and robbing people, when they're going and robbing all these spring breakers, when they're just like putting guns in their face, breaking in, being violent. And then the final scene when they're like, when they're going to the compound and like when they kill alien and they like do all this stuff, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of on board with this. Like, like in terms of like an aesthetic, like, okay, I'm vibing with this. I'm digging this. I'm kind of on, like, I'm like, I'm like, oh, cool. Like, it's fun. It's fun to see, you know, these like violent, like these ultra violent Scarface murder fantasies, but like with like, 
you know, with, with young women who are from the Disney Channel. I was like, that's fun. And it, it strikes me that you have mentioned several times how these scenes are scary. Yes, they're so scary. And I think that that's why the movie's good. <laughs> and I think they're... I think like pretty cool they are kind of cool I think they're pretty cool which is why I think that the movie is which is also why I think the movie is pretty good but also I think the movie is wickedly uneven because yeah I mean like like I love movies that's why I do this show but it's just like it is one of those things where like when you go an entire lifetime seeing you know seeing all of these crime movies like you know, idolizing, you know, like, like tough, strong criminal crime men with their guns, like doing whatever it takes to hustle and get by, you know, like I, 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 I am, I am, I am, it's one of those things where I am used to seeing that as an idea. Can I, I actually... and so it's kind of fun. Yeah. And I know that it's like, like it, it's not that clean. It's not no, that clean. But, but like, I am kind of like, I'm kind of like, yes, queen, okay, bitch, like, go off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all girl bosses, <laughs> every one it. of them. I, I do think, I agree. I mean, it's important that the fantasy of that sells at least sometimes, you know? Because it, right. you can't, right. like, my argument is that it's about the, you know, these things being hollow, them being like, you know, these like gilded images, but you know, unless it looks unless it looks gold, you can't really say that the iron is gilded. Um, I I would like to end my last thought, which I I I, I just thought of, and I can't believe this is like the, one of the reasons I wanted to do this episode was because I wanted to share uh, my one of my experiences from watching this movie the first time with you, which was that when they first go back to like Alien's house, and he's like showing them all his stuff. I was, just, I literally out loud said like, oh my God, I bet this guy owns like five copies of Scarface. And then it fucking, it was true. <laughs> I called yeah. it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, Caroline, any, anything else you want to say about, I feel like we could talk about this movie just kind of for hours if we really wanted to. So it's, you know, probably a good idea that we yeah. cut it off, but any, I mean- any last words? Um, I don't think so. I think it's definitely one that, um, I think, I mean, this happens every time we do this show. Like, I'm always, because, you know, you watch it so fresh. Um, I, I, I always come out of this conversation always liking the movie a little bit more than I came in with, than I, than I did when I came in. And, like, I liked this movie. I did. Yeah, um, yeah. Unless that movie is, and uh, it's uh, one that I am. Oh yeah, no, I yeah. mean, yeah, I did, I did actually leave hating Slumdog more than I thought. Yeah, that that Same. is correct. That is correct. Um, but it is one of those things where I do think that um, I don't want to give this movie an instant rewatch, but like now that I know what I'm getting into, I am excited to one day watch this movie again and kind of. Um, kind of come at it like with a bit of an idea um yeah yeah, no i mean i liked it i liked it absolutely well i think uh you know all i have to say is a spring break spring break spring break forever spring break spring break forever (laughs) spring break forever spring break spring break break. (laughs) <laughs> all right well that's gonna be it for uh how you not seen this week um if you please you know if you like the show 
do all those things podcasts tell you to do like rate subscribe tell your friends uh, tell your mom tell your dad maybe not about this episode but you know tell other people what are those social medias uh those social medias are we are on facebook at hhyns podcast we are on twitter and instagram at hhyns movies all caps hhynsm lowercase uvi oh yeah yeah and uh I think, I mean, I think by this point, we really should be wherever you get your podcasts. We should be on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, which is now Google Podcasts. I'm still used to saying Google Play Store and uh, Spotify. And if there's any place where you get your podcasts where we are not where you would like for us to be, let us know. And um, yeah, and please, guys, uh, wherever you get your, wherever you listen, um, leave us a rating, leave us a review. It really does help out the show. Absolutely. Well, I think that's about it. Uh, uh, Caroline, so uh, ne- next weekend, or ne- next week, rather. Oh, let, me, let me try that again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Caroline, um, next week, we're going to be continuing our back to school series. That's correct, yeah? Yeah, we're going to be continuing back to school, and we're going to go with a little bit more of a traditional girl boss movie. Uh, <laughs> we will be watching... Legally Blonde. Oh, fantastic. Well, I'm really excited for that next week. Yeah, um, it, it is it is an all-time favorite of mine. Um, I am... It is one of those things where I... I don't have really any... I don't have, like, a top ten because it's too hard and it's always mm-hmm. changing, but um, I, think, I think if I really had to sit down and do a top ten, I think that this probably... Um, for a, a lot of the reason for nostalgia purposes, but I, th- I think Legally Blonde probably cracks top 10 of all time for me. Oh, damn. I didn't know. Well, I didn't know that. I'm, I'm really excited about it now, more so than I was before. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, um, if you want to hear Carson, uh, Carson's first thoughts on Legally Blonde and my thoughts um, for, I think I did see this movie in like 2002, so almost almost 20 years worth of thoughts on Legally Blonde. Um, tune in next week. Yeah. See you guys next week. All right. See you guys.